You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 179. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. I am in addiction recovery. We are going to get right into this episode because it is going to be delicious. Like whatever your delicious meal is for your brain. Okay. Backstory for why this episode is about spirituality. We have the tribe. I've been talking about the tribe. You can get into the tribe. It's amazing. We have awesome conversations. I love it when new people sign up and they get into the hub and they start to learn. I've gotten some really awesome feedback about how well it's helping them guide themselves through their sobriety and recovery. Just a ton of useful information over there, getting ready to launch a whole bunch more stuff into it as this month and the year progresses. Um, Already just two amazing courses, putting some book reviews, the whole deal, the whole gambit. And in the tribe, we have a chat set up in an app called Voxer. And one of my listeners, uh, just a dear friend of the tribe, uh, Kalen, um, he is actually the host of The Dad Mind um, over here on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast on. And uh, he talks a lot about the same kind of topics I talk about. And it's actually quite interesting to listen to him talk about um, NLP and sobriety and recovery and everything that he's been doing uh, under a different scope, different person, different personality, different ways of seeing things. And he brought up the other day in the Voxer chat for the tribe about how he was looking for some stuff about spirituality and he was looking for where in the past I had talked about it. So as I dug into my archives, as I love to do, which is just what I call my old episodes, um, episode twenty. Episode 39 through 43 came up, and uh, episode 40 itself was very, according to the title, very much about spirituality. When I went back and looked at the show notes, it didn't look as succinct as I would have preferred, and obviously that was episode 40. We are at 179. We are like (laughs) 139 episodes ago. So we're going to do an episode about spirituality. Now, I've talked about spirituality in the past, but I will absolutely make myself very clear right now. Spirituality in your life does not have to mean religion. It can mean religion. And as we go into this episode further, you'll, you'll understand more about why spirituality and religion are often linked together. Because religion, it, through its core usefulness with humans within all societies, all branches of religion, wherever and however old they are and whenever they were started, it comes down to teaching its followers a certain moral, ethical, value, belief, opinion-based life. It's very clear if you are going to follow Christianity, then this is what you believe. And if you're going to follow, if you're going to be Hindu, this is what you believe. And if you're going to follow the Islamic religion, then this is what you believe and Judaism and so on and so forth. And those are pretty much the only four I think I can name off the top of my head. Obviously, Christianity and Catholicism, and then there's all the different versions of that, which I'm very familiar with because I live in the United States, and Christianity and Catholicism are absolutely very prominent here. So is Judaism. 
In fact, I believe that they're all equally showing themselves in this country, although certainly others are more accepted than others. So we're going to stay away from the religion aspect because I'm not religious. I I don't attend church. I have my own belief systems. I certainly uh, enjoy the way I believe about uh, my version of God and, you know, calling him the universe and that whole deal or her, depending on uh, what I'm asking the universe to discuss with me in that moment. So if you think this is about religion, then put on the brakes because we ain't going that route. No, there are other shows that will cover that in their own way, and that's not what we're going to do here. We're going to discuss spirituality, and obviously I'm super hyped because I'm talking so fast. (laughs) Um, And again, this was all fueled by Kalen bringing up that question and me diving into the archives and realizing that when I reference spirituality, I talk about morals, ethics, values, beliefs, and opinions. These are the ways in which I have framed spirituality. Uh, Will I add some things in down the road? Perhaps. But for today's episode, we are going to stay with morals, ethics, values, beliefs, and opinions. Because honestly, I came up with too much information digging around for this stuff. And one of the things that I noticed was that when you start to talk about morals and ethics and values, and you start to Google around for that, you can find moral and ethic and value often mentioned in the same sentence. And so then it became like, okay, well, what's the difference between uh, morals and ethics? And where does values play a role? Because you see moral values pop up a lot. And right, we'll get into beliefs and opinions later. But for the top part of this show, we're going to stick with morals, ethics, and values because they seem to be very related and almost hard to define outside of discussing with one another. We have values, right? Things that we regard uh, very highly in our life, things that we consider to be important, uh, very useful. Like a person's principles or standards of behavior uh, become what they value. So you might value independence, right? And therefore, you, it's very difficult for you to get into a relationship. You might value money, and therefore, it's difficult for you to spend your money. You might value um, having a lot of fun, and therefore, it's very easy for you to spend your money. You might value uh, love and acceptance, and therefore, you get in and out of relationships very quickly because you want to feel loved and accepted. And when you don't feel loved or accepted, it's no longer reaching your value and you're out. As people coming from addiction into sobriety and recovery, oftentimes what we value is going to be skewed because we have been experiencing life through this addictive mindset for so long. And we can often be called by, let's call them normies or the outsiders, right? Those who don't necessarily uh, live a life of addiction. And now they're in sobriety and recovery. They're just normies, whatever, right? They didn't go down the path that we did. For the longest time, people with an addiction, drugs, alcohol, sex, gambling, whatever, were seen as having moral failures, as as being ethically um, against the society, right? It was a moral failing to be an addict. Now, of course, we know that it is actually a disease, it is a mental health issue, and it is now being something that we can pull from the shadows and we can discuss as actual, like, rational people, instead of looking at everybody who's ever been addicted to something as being a scuzzbag. Sure, we may not have been behaving as well as we would have preferred, desirably, but it didn't mean that we were a bad person. We did bad things, not a bad person. Separate the person from the action. 
because through sobriety and recovery, we can begin to heal ourselves and we can check back on those morals and those ethics and those values. And we can begin to make better choices because now we're doing it with a sober mind. We're doing it with a, with a mind, body, and spirit that's in addiction recovery. So when you think about ethics and morals, and when I first started Googling around, I was like, oh my goodness, these things are so, so very similar. What am I going to possibly do to figure out how to break these things apart? And it turns out the internet is very, very helpful in doing that. Where ethics refer to the rules that a social system provides us with. Morals are our own principles. So the ethics would be what religion brings you to. Read the Bible, read the Quran, read their book, and then follow their guidelines, follow their principles, follow their rules. That's the social system. That's the ethics that religion brings to you. What you take from your uh, environment, from your social circle, from your religion, from your society, from your city, from your schooling, from your family, what you bring in from them, right? So social system will be the entirety of those who can put influence upon you. And nowadays it can be social media. It can be um, media in general, right? They have a, they have rules for their social system, Right, If you watch Fox News, you generally will believe one way, versus if you watch CNN or MSNBC, you will generally believe it in a different way. Right, So all of these factors provide the social system that can introduce you to rules. That's your ethics. The morals are your own principles. They are the values. They they are the ethics that society has introduced you to that you now take on as your own, that you now instill within yourself, that you say, this is how I'm going to lead my life, right? So anytime you're like, well, how am I supposed to know what I'm doing? Is, is it moral or ethical? Your morals are your principles. So you might live in a, an environment that says, um, you know, what are the seven deadly sins? You know, one of them is gluttony, right? So the ethics of Christianity, who does the seven deadly sins? God, I'm sorry. I really don't know a ton about religion. I know what I know. I know what I know. Pretty sure, let's just go with it. It's Christianity. It's one of the American ones, Catholicism, Christianity. Right now, I probably had like thousands of people just turn me off because they're like, dude, you're butchering my religion. I mean no offense to not knowing that. Um, so we have the seven deadly sins. <laughs> Hold on. So let's look at how ethics versus morals might be presenting themselves into your life. Let's take the, one of the seven deadly sins, and it's gluttony, right? So ethically, the social system provided you with a rule to not be gluttonous, not to binge eat, and not to gobble down, whatever you, know, whatever you might see as gluttony, not to overshop, overspend, it could be whatever it is. But in the end, it's gluttony, right? Let's just say not shove our face full of tacos. So ethically, the rules of the social system say no, no gluttony, therefore don't eat 20 tacos for dinner, right? But morally, one of the principles you might have is feeling satisfied when you eat. And so if 20 tacos is your game and you eat 20 tacos, you're following your moral code, but you are not following the ethical code of the society's social system. So you might have a moral, 
your own principle that you follow that might go against or bend the rules of the social system that you are adhering to. Certainly, there are plenty of people who probably follow, you know, Christianity, Catholicism, who might be like, thou shalt not steal. And then, you know, they take a stapler away from the workplace because one of their principles is take from the big dogs because the big dogs got plenty. But ethically, it says don't steal. But to them, they justify it by saying, well, this this job is taking from me constantly and making me work overtime and taking me away from my family. I feel like they're using me up and spitting me out. Therefore, I, one of my moral principles is to usurp power where I feel I can. I'm going to steal this principle, uh, this stapler, because that goes towards my principles of, usur- of, of uh, inserting my power where I can in my life. I'm literally making up that example off the top of my head, but I think I've made my point pretty clear. If you're following the ethics of, which are the rules of a social system, which could be religion, or it could just be of your city, right? It could be that one of your principles, okay, this might be a better one. Let's, then, then I can slow it down a little bit. Perhaps one of your moral principles is freedom, but ethically in, a, let's say California, they say, you know, one of their rules of the social system is don't use plastic bags. But morally, one of your principles is freedom. So you follow your moral principle of freedom and you use plastic bags, even though ethically, according to what the rules are that have been passed down by the legislature in California, plastic bags are bad. Don't use them. So that's you following your principle over the ethics. You could also flip it, and you might, and this might be a good time to, let's say, utilize the military as an example. The rules of the military might be to go in and do what they got to do to take over this city, and that could mean some, you know, warlike scenarios where people who are not necessarily in the fight die. But the rule that was been, that has been put down by the higher ups is that we must take over Kabul. So now we have to take over Kabul, and regardless of what happens there, we need to know by the end of the day, we are now in control of Kabul. So ethically, the military says, do what it takes to make sure by the end of the day, we are now the ones in charge of Kabul. Morally, your principles might say, thou shalt not kill, right? But now you are in a scenario where killing is either what you do or what happens to you. You either die or you live. Right, So now you are choosing the rules of the social system over your own moral principles. Right, that was the fastest I could come up with that because I, I watched a lot of I watch a lot of military movies. I'm fascinated by um, the discipline and, and just what it takes to really do what some of the men and women do over there. And uh, I'll notice that you will see when the, when the character, when the hero in the movie questions what the leaders are telling him to do. Ethically, the leaders believe what they're telling him to do. This is what will ethically, this is within the rules of our system. It is ethically allowable for you to go do this thing we're ordering you to do. But then you see the hero question it or look in the mirror or make a different decision. And you're like, screw you, I'm going home. I, I watched a movie called Black Crab the other day on um, Netflix. And this woman, um, she has been, her and some other people are told they got to ice skate across a frozen like river to get this package to their headquarters across the way. And then they'll be able to win the war. Along the way, they open it up, the package, which they were told not to open up and find out that it is a biological weapon. It is a virus. 
the military believes ethically that they can utilize this weapon in order to win the war. They feel like they are good to go with spreading deadly virus on the enemy, even if it might mean collateral damage is their own people and perhaps other countries and citizens who aren't even in the war. But morally, this woman was torn. Now, she was promised her daughter at the end of the river, and when she got there, no daughter. Right, So morally, her principle was family, love, connections. So she was willing to bend her ethics or her morals, which was to not spread a virus, in order to get to her daughter. When she got there, there was no daughter. She felt betrayed, did not want to be a part of spreading a biological weapon anymore, went and stole it, and then blew it up. So she went against the ethics of the military to support her morals, and it cost her her life in the movie. Now, obviously, your morals and ethics probably won't cost you your life. But if you're wondering how to differentiate the two, I just gave you seven-minute diatribe on how to do that. (laughs) Right? We've got your ethics as guiding principles of conduct of an individual or group, whereas your morals are principles on which one's judgment of right or wrong are based. It's your morals. Your ethics are influenced by uh, your profession, your field, your organization, um, whereas your morals very highly are going to be based on your society, your culture, your religion. But again, whether it's ethics, right, profession, field, organization, or morals, society, culture, religion, you still have to decide whether to adopt the ethics and the morals of whichever one you belong to, right? It's... I found something that basically tries to say that ethics are something that has to do with business, whereas um, your morals are more um, outside of that. And I certainly think that the website I found it on, because it was a business website, would dictate it to be that ethics are your, you know, um, ethically were the banks behaving in an ethical way in 2008 and 9 whenever they were doing the subprime mortgages and they tanked the entire world's economy. I think we can all agree with no, they were not. Unless you made a couple jillion dollars off that, then you were gung-ho for it. Whereas morals would probably be more about what religion and your culture and your society would teach you. But either way, when you walk away from this portion of the show and you say, well, how am I supposed to differentiate the two? Just understand that ethics are what are being passed down by society and asking you to adhere to. If you choose to adhere to those and you and you take them on, then they become your morals. But you can have morals that go against your ethics, right? You can have morals that go against what society has taught you. And if you choose society over what you think is right, then you're choosing ethics over your morals. But either way, from moving forward, whenever you hear me say, you know, I believe that spirituality is morals, ethics, and values, you can say, okay, morals are what I do to live to my principles. Ethics are the principles that society is asking me to adhere to. Whether you do that or not determines whether it becomes part of your moral code. Now, when we discuss values, values are super fun because when I looked at when I looked this up and I started coming across what values are, it's really whatever it is you value. It could be respect, honesty, compassion, hard work, kindness, gratitude, sharing, cooperation, responsibility, love, freedom, you know, um, isolation, friendship. Uh, it can be anything that you value. So when you start to ask yourself what is a value, and again going back to the actual definition, it's something that you regard highly as important in your life. A person's principles or standards of behavior. 
one judgment of what is important in life. You might, if you if somebody were to say that um, you shopped a lot, you might be like, well, I value shopping. Well, you might value possessions. You might value financial um, de- independence, which allows you to do that, right? And so it can be that you value shopping, but really if we were looking at how to figure out a hierarchy of values, you'd want to chunk up and ask yourself, well, what does shopping provide me? Perhaps it provides you a sense of um, completion, that you worked really hard and now you can go get these things for yourself. Perhaps shopping provides you a sense of stability because now you get to have the things that you want in your home. Now, if you're emotional shopping, now we'll get into, that's the psychology of it. So we won't get into that part today. But when you think about values, you can Google this, what are the values list? And oftentimes people will try to put down 30 things they value. But in the long run, if you started to look at all the things that you say you value, right, you might often find that some are actually within others, right? So gratitude and respect. If you respect what somebody has helped you achieve in your life, then you have gratitude. Now you can have gratitude uh, you can probably respect somebody without having gratitude for what they've done for you, but can you have gratitude without respect? These are questions you would have to ask yourself as you determine what your values are. And when you get from so from addiction into sobriety and recovery, and this is why I believe that understanding spirituality is so important within this realm of sobriety and recovery, is because ultimately you have been behaving a certain way. It is probably not up to your standards. You get sober, you look back, and then you have shame and guilt and all this other bullshit because of the way you behaved then. And that's shitty. I get it. I still am unearthing shitty stuff I did to people back then, including myself. Now, what you do in these moments is you realize that you you were who you were then. You can go back and think about what it was, take the lesson, which might just mean don't steal money out of your mom's purse for smack, right? Don't steal money from people (laughs) in general. And so now moving forward, you'll be a person who does not steal. You will value honesty. Your, Your moral code will be that of an honest person, which is going with the ethical code of society, which is to not steal from people. So now all your ethics and your morals are aligned and the value of honesty is now being uh, accomplished. So when you start to ask yourself about your values, you can say, okay, uh, am I morally reaching my values? Am I ethically reaching my values? In the past, I have brought up the word ecology. Ecology is whenever you, you, so whenever you want to make a change in your life or do something, especially with an NLP work, we often discuss with the client, um, is this ecological? Is this good for you? That would be your morals, right? Is this good for your social circle, the immediate people that you love, those that you influence, right? That would be ethical. And is it good for the world at large? Also ethical. So if you have a certain value, let's say responsibility, and then how are you going to aim responsibility? If being responsible to you means making sure that the family has enough food on the table and money in the bank, then you might begin to value hard work, which takes you away from the family because you're working all the time. And if one of your values is family and togetherness, now your value of hard work could actually be butting heads with your value of family and connectedness. In NLP, we call this a parts parts 
integration, meaning that you have these two parts that have now been taken apart from each other. In parts integration, something I do with my clients quite frequently, we actually bring these parts back together. So you can both be a good employee, which is a value you have of hard work, and you can be a good family member, which is a value you have with connectedness. So when you start to evaluate, that, that last two minutes going to sound like a bunch of garble to some of you and sounded very familiar to those of you who have met me. But either way, we're going to walk away from values, morals, and ethics now because I believe I've covered them quite well. Ethics are the principles and rules that society deems and wants you to follow. Morals are the principles and rules and ethics and all that you decide to follow for yourself. Your morals can go against ethics, and your ethics can go against morals, and it's important that you know if you're going to go against your own morals for somebody else's ethical decision or rule, that you're okay with that, that you can live with that. If military people find themselves in a situation where they're told to go into a city that could possibly harm innocents, they might, in that moment, they have to decide moral, ethical. Right, And if they go moral, they might be breaking a code of conduct, and then they might find themselves dishonorably discharged. Now you understand why whenever you hear about some of this acts of war stuff, you've got to understand the push-pull that these people are going through over there. Right? They're doing the best they can in that situation, and they should be, you know, at the very least, given a certain, a certain level of levity to when they make decisions, just like we can begin to give our own selves levity for the decisions we've made in the past. You were an addict. You did what you did. You probably broke a lot of your moral code. Hell, you may have been so young when you started using, you didn't even know what the hell your moral code was. No doubt, society reminded you that you were breaking their ethical code. But doing what your own moral code was, that's a possibility that you didn't really have that in place by the time you started getting deep into your addiction. Figuring out what principles and values that you want to adhere to, that is what starts to lead you down a more moralistic path in your addiction recovery, in your sobriety. When you know what your morals are and you can look no further, well, you can look as far as the hell you want, but look, if you want to start somewhere, start with what you value and, uh, and then ask yourself, are you following your are you following a moral and ethical code in order to achieve your values now beliefs and opinions this was a fun one now again Kaylin, you sent me down a rabbit hole bro and i mean i could sit here and talk about this for an hour that's not my intention um i mean i've got values lists in my show notes i've got ethics versus morals I mean, you know, I even came up across a bunch of different blogs and they've got ethics as being integrity, value, moral, principles, honesty, right, fairness, choice, honor. You can Google moral and find these same damn words. That's why after all that jazz, 27 minutes in, I'm going to close it up and say, ethics are society's rules, morals are yours. That's, Matt Browning would say, Jesse, put this on a bumper sticker. Ethics are society's rules, morals are yours. And you can determine where you think the ethics and, and morals are for a given institution or for yourself based on the values they ask you to adhere to. It's the values that set the stage for the ethics and the morals and whether you are meeting them or um, not meeting them. Now, when it comes to opinions and beliefs, this is super fun. 
I'm not sure a lot of other people would put opinions and beliefs in under spirituality, but I believe that if you follow religion and then you follow even spirituality and you and you have these ethics and these morals and these values for which you want to live your life seeking to achieve and then raising the bar each and every day, you are going to have beliefs and opinions based upon your morals, ethics, and values. It's inevitable, right? And so where, and I found a ton of cool stuff about this. Let me see if I can put it on a bumper sticker for you right off the bat. Um, The difference between opinions and beliefs. Opinions are what you believe to be true. It's your opinion. A belief is something that you have attached a deeper version of an opinion to, to the point where it's pretty much ingrained. Opinions can be challenged. They can be discussed. My opinion, one of my opinions is that I think that, um, I think that mustard is an amazing sauce. I think that adding mustard to barbecue sauce, adding mustard to ketchup, add mustard to anything. I think mustard's awesome. That's my opinion. If I believed that mustard was the best condiment, now I'm putting myself in a position where you cannot challenge my belief system around that. There is a permanence. There is a higher level of resistance to changing it, a a level of rigidity, of extremeness to a belief, right? Someone could say, well, my opinion is that um, you know, that my, my, my religious book is accurate. And my opinion is that it is the best way to live life. It's an opinion. Somebody's like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, somebody else might say, well, I like this other religious book. And because it's an opinion, oftentimes it it will be much more um, fluid conversation, right? Two people can have an entirely different conversation around their opinion of their religious book being the way to live your life versus people who are, you know, you hear that term devout believers. Those are people that believe so deeply and entrenchedly that it does not matter what you say. They are not going to be shaken. It doesn't matter what the Catholic Church is reported to have done. You know, we don't need to get into what Catholicism has done and what their priests and all that jazz has happened. But certainly it's been in the news enough to know that their their higher-ups, their clergy, were doing some inappropriate things with members of the of the parish, parishioners whatever it would be referred to, right? Somebody who's a devout believer will be like, whatever, that's them. That's just the devil. The devil did that, and it has nothing to do with my belief system around why I think Catholicism is so amazing. Christianity went around and slaughtered millions of people in the Crusades. I mean, we did have a fail. We say it as if I'm part of all that. There was the failed Crusades in the Middle East, but there certainly was a whole hell of a lot of destruction in South America, right? But it you could tell that to somebody who's a, who's a devout believer, and they're like, well, whatever, that needed to happen in order to bring them over into the fold. Sometimes some sheep got to get torn apart in order for them to understand how to stay in line. That could be a belief system that they have. If their opinion is, I really like the book, and I really like the way my life feels since I've begun to adhere to it, right? There is a, there is a, there is a bridge that can be built between two people with differing opinions. Beliefs, because they because they are so ingrained, it is much more difficult for a healthy conversation to go. This is where you'll see people on TV with differing beliefs about religion or politics, and they're just going at each other. And no matter what the other person says, there is zero percent chance that they are going to change that person's opinion. And they didn't even come on the TV show to change that opinion. 
They came on the show to yell at one another, get some airtime, and do their best to either echo what all the viewers already believe or to dissent against what the viewers believe just for the off chance that there might be somebody who's willing to dive deeper into their belief system. In neuro-linguistic programming, whenever I meet with new people, I'm often looking and listening and feeling out what it is that they say to me in order to unearth their limiting beliefs they have about themselves. You know, somebody might say, well, I'm a piece of shit. Now, is that an opinion about themselves based on a particular event? Or is that their general energy they have about themselves? Right. I'm, you know, I'm never going to get ahead. It's too late for me. I, you know, I didn't get sober till I'm 40. It's too late. I'm never going to be worth anything. Now, is that an opinion that they have based off the fact that they just went to a job interview and were told no? Right. Cause I can work. It's much easier to shift an opinion than a belief or have they believed that they were a piece of crap and they were worthless since they were a little kid and their parents told them that beliefs can be changed. It's just substantially more effort. There's a, there's a lot that goes on into shifting one's beliefs about themselves because they have believed it for so long. So when you go and ask yourself, is something, I mean, if you, in one of the things I often ask myself whenever I get into a bit of a debate about a certain topic with someone is a question I ask myself is, am I willing to die on the hill for this argument? Right. Am I, am I, am I trying to be right or am I trying to connect? Because if you're trying to connect and you're trying to be right, you're not going to achieve them both. Because if somebody else believes differently and you are hell bent on getting them to see it your way and changing their belief system in that moment, hell, even the opinion, the likelihood that you're going to connect with that person is very minimal. If you are if you are hell bent on being right during a conversation, which could turn into a debate or even an argument, the likelihood that you'll connect is very minimal. You can both say agree to disagree and hug it out or kiss it out or whatever it is, and walk away from it. But you you did not connect in that conversation. You both just sat there and screamed at each other about how it is you believe. An opinion is something like, well, my opinion is we should leave at 7. My opinion is that we should leave at 8. Okay, how about we leave at 7.30? Okay, cool. You walk away, all right, because it's, it's an opinion. It's, it's, if you start to feel like you need to die on the hill for that opinion, it's more of a belief. And then you can ask yourself, well, what is it about this belief that is so ingrained in me that I want to, you know, quote unquote, die on the hill for this, that I want to plant my flag on this hill and I am going to defend this hill with my dying breath. Because if that's how you feel about a particular subject, that is a belief you have, right? And you may, you have to ask yourself, what is it? If it's, let's go back to the example of leaving at seven or leaving at eight. If you don't want, if one of your beliefs is that you're irresponsible if you show up late to a meeting and the meeting's at 8.30, and yes, it's only 25 minutes away, but you like to get there super early and get some coffee and walk around and feel out the environment and settle into your chair in the office, then yes, your belief system is that if you show up, you know, anything um, more than 45, you know, anything more than 45 minutes before the meeting, an hour before the meeting, that you're irresponsible. That's your belief that showing up late is irresponsible. And that's why you're planting your flag on the hill. Someone else might have a different 
scope of time, a different belief system around that. And they think showing up five minutes before the meeting is fine. And that might be because one of their values is freedom to do what they want when they want, which will also get you bitten in the ass more than once. But the point of what I'm trying to make now is it's not just seven versus eight. There is an undercurrent of of a belief system there. If you're willing to die on the hill for seven versus eight, there is a belief system that you are fighting for in your unconscious mind. Your self-awareness will help you bring it to your conscious mind, and then you can evaluate whether that's really something that you're willing to, you know, die on the hill for. Plant your flag and defend. Opinions are something where you're like, I'm not, I'm not planting my flag on this hill. I, I don't, I don't honestly, it does not matter to me that much. I have an opinion about it, but it's uh, by no means am I going to sit here and plant flags for this particular subject. A belief system, you're planting a flag and you're defending it and you are ready to go to war for that belief. So when we discuss morals, ethics, values, beliefs, and opinions, now you have a better understanding of it. Ethics are the societal rules. Morals are your rules. You can determine those rules based on what you value. Then what you value uh, in your morals and ethics, these are what are going to begin to create your belief system. Right? If you if you are if adhering more to the ethics of society, your belief system is going to be very much wrapped up into what society tells you. One of my main reasons why I'm not into politics all that much is that I'm not going to die on the hill for what some other person's belief system is. I have what I believe in, and it matters to me, and I don't expect anybody else to adhere to it. I mean, certainly would prefer some people adhere to certain things a little bit more than they currently are, right, in various regards of lots of different conversations, but I'm not going to die on the hill for a lot of this stuff. And I'm certainly not going to hate somebody if they're a Republican or a Democrat and I'm vice versa. I don't have the energy to do that. I don't have the energy to hate a stranger, let alone somebody I actually know. They can believe what they want to believe. I'm going to believe what I want to believe. And I certainly hope that at some point we can all meet in the middle. So when you start asking yourself where your morals, ethics, and values start to show up, beliefs and opinions. You will see your beliefs and opinions heavily, heavily influenced by your morals, your ethics, and your values. And whenever you can really start to iron out the opinions you have, which again are more loosely held, whereas beliefs are more firmly held. And I remember hearing a quote from someone once. It was like, um, "Was it you know strongly held opinions are uh, strong opinions loosely held, right?" And so if you think of that. Really, a belief would be, it's, it's, it's almost like if you can loosely hold it, it becomes more of an opinion. Like my opinion is that having a growth mindset and believing that I can do anything, if I put my time, effort, and energy into it, I can accomplish it. It is absolutely a belief that I have. If somebody else wants to argue how they think half-assing it means that they can also achieve a ton of cool shit, go for it. Whatever. That's your opinion. That If that's your belief, more power to you. It's not going to change anything about the way that I see growth mindset. So now you guys have an idea. And hopefully um, with a substantial amount of rambling and probably way too many different examples, I have given you very adequate ideas about morals, ethics, and values and where they're showing up within your belief and your opinion system. 
as you begin to really figure this stuff out, and I would highly recommend you pull out a pen and a pad and get in the lab and ask yourself, what are some of the ethics that perhaps the 12-step program is asking you to follow, or perhaps in your own home, or at your workplace, or within your city? What are some of these things that they're, what are the rules they're asking you to follow? And then ask yourself, what are some moral principles that you adhere to that matter to you? If you're having a hard time figuring out the difference and what you should be writing down, then you could just Google, you know, moral principles, which will read a lot like values. It's very, very uh, similar. In fact, I mean, again, I think it's hard to define moral values outside of the parameters of, of values because they're just putting moral before the word value. But it's really just what it is you determine you are going to live your life the by. What rules are you going to live your life by? And then, of course, there's the ethical values, which would be society's rules that they want you to follow. And all of these things are going to shape, shape your beliefs and your opinions. That's it, my friends. Pull out a pad of paper and start writing it down. What are some of the ethics of your society, of society at large? What are they pushing on you? What are you pushing on you? What are your morals? What things are you going to start valuing in your sobriety and recovery? How do these morals, ethics, and values um, influence your belief system about yourself, about others, about people who are not like you or people who are like you? How are those things being determined in your own mind and in your own life? And, you know, where is it that you have opinions, you know, which would just be beliefs that are more loosely held? And where are some beliefs that maybe it's time to lighten up the grip a little bit? You know, it is it is certainly um, within a lot of our purviews, our understandings of how a child can be raised very religious, and as they get older, they begin to loosen their grip on that more and more and more as they experience life and they experience other people, and they start realizing that they can have their opinions and beliefs without seeking to destroy everybody else who experiences life differently. This goes back to one of the NLP presuppositions, um, your map is not the territory. Your map, what you see, is not the entirety of the world. It is not the entirety of the situation, right? Think Lewis and Clark when they went on that expedition to to look over the Louisiana Purchase. They had a map of what the Americas knew of the western area west of the St. Louis, but that was not the territory. Thomas Jefferson bought the territory. Lewis and Clark had to go and explore the territory in order to create a map. So the territory is everything that's out there, but it is by no means just your map. That would be pretty ridiculous, wouldn't it? Because (laughs) nobody would have ever gone exploring. Well, what I see on this piece of paper is all that there is, but sir, we only know what's within four miles, and I swear we can see things that are much, much further away. Nope, nope, our map just shows what's right here in the city center. Do not leave those gates. Do not go further out. You will fall off the edge of the planet. Sir, I do believe that you're incorrect about that. I swear to you, I can see birds flying miles and miles away. Off with your head! That's how that went for a couple thousand years. I'll leave you on that. Damn it, I got to 42 minutes. That was not the point of today's episode. I was feeling so good about this at the 26-minute mark. All right. I talked really fast. I appreciate all of you for enjoying this, and I really hope that you have a better understanding of morals, ethics, values, opinions, and beliefs. I will continue to reference them. And now I even have a deeper understanding of those. 
because I honestly did not realize that ethics were societal rules uh, and morals were personal rules. I, I didn't realize the correlation, and I did realize the, I did realize how they were connected to values, but I did not realize that um, ethics are more of uh, external and morals are internal. So how interesting is that? But uh, I definitely understood opinions and beliefs pretty easily because I know what limiting beliefs are because I still have some about myself. It's a never-ending journey of self-discovery. All right, my friends, that's it. Go be amazing. Would you want to be a member of the tribe? You want to hear about how to learn neuro-linguistic programming from me starting in October for 12 weeks? Do you want to dive deeper into your self-awareness and emotional intelligence? There are so many ways to do that. Hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, wherever it might be. I hope I find your message in a timely manner. But honestly, I've got like five email addresses and, and like six different groups and so many different social media accounts. I will absolutely find you very, very quickly on Instagram or Facebook. So feel free to hit me up on one of those. Um, My email address is located in the show notes. All right, my friends, take care of yourselves. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives because we wake up sober. I was doing a little jig there. Uh, Oh yeah, FYI, I'm getting ready to start doing a lot of social media live episodes of cool, cool stuff. So go check that out. And if you were listening to this in the archives, like six months from now, still go check it out. (laughs) Shout out to Sunshine Glow On. Peace out. See you next week. Bye-bye.